When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Remember this week, Joe Burrow said the playoffs are do or die. And if there's a game that epitomized do or die, we just saw it right here at Paycor Stadium. The Bengals win back-to-back postseason games and back-to-back seasons for the first time in franchise history. They set a team record ninth straight win dating back to post-bye week, and that is just unbelievable 24 17 the final the Bengals are marching on to buffalo they're going to pick up where they left off from that monday night game that was ultimately canceled but nonetheless the Bengals are back in the divisional round and if you're going to start anywhere with this game how can you not start with sam hubbard his 98 yard fumble return touchdown the longest go-ahead td in the fourth quarter in nfl postseason history the longest Fumble return touchdown in NFL postseason history. And we're going to be writing a lot about this later tonight. But, I mean, when you when you saw that, like, just I want your perspective. You saw him return that ball. Did you actually think he might actually take that all the way in? Like, I was thinking, as long as he gets away from Mark Andrews, he's gone on that play. Well, the, the first thing that crossed my mind was, okay, because we, we have a weird angle in the press box, so you can't really tell. So I'm like, okay, did he get in? Did, did Huntley get in the end zone? Because um, Huntley kind of meagerly threw his hands up, you know, like saying, I was in. And you couldn't really tell. You needed to see the whole replay. So he's running down the field. And the kind of in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we might have a touchdown for the Ravens here anyway. Um, then you see the replay, and Huntley got nowhere, nowhere near the end zone. Uh, he was almost a yard short. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, in a game like this, you need not to say miraculous plays like that, but you need – borderline heroic plays like that because I don't think the Bengals necessarily played well enough to win no, tonight. We I get thought, to that, but they didn't. Yeah, no. like I thought, you know, when we did our prediction, um, and you know, you guys were you guys were kind of like looking at me like I had three <laughs> heads when I was oh, like, yeah. the Ravens oh, yeah. were going to win, and like this game played out the way that the Ravens needed it to play out. The Bengals had uh, eight possessions in this game. Seven of them were meaningful because, you know, you take away the one possession where they had a kneel down to end the half. They scored a touchdown on their first drive of the half, and then they ran uh, they ran 12 plays right after that drive. Like Three the, straight punts. The Bengals, the Bengals did, not do, did not play very well offensively. Uh, they kind of let the running backs for, for the Ravens do what they wanted. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was pissed after the game oh, yeah. uh, when he was talking to reporters. Um, I mean, this was a game that very much felt like it was going to go to Baltimore, and you just had that feeling like Cincinnati doesn't have it tonight. Cincinnati doesn't have it tonight. 
there was just that something missing, and Logan Wilson comes up with the play of the year, punches well, the ball out, and Sam Hubbard takes it back. I think you're burying a lead on their struggles because I think that they were centered upon losing a third starting offensive lineman. I don't know. They the were struggling before that, though. They too. were, yeah. They already gave up two sacks before Jackson Carmen came in. They weren't in. playing well, but they had scored nine points, missed extra point. You know, it was 9-7, then kind of the, the fumble and the injury sort of deflated them. And then the second half is when they had the majority of the offensive struggles uh, without Jonah Williams. Three starters. Uh, you have Jackson Carmen in, who's uh, not even listed on the depth chart as your backup tackle. He comes in and gets the, you know, plays that entire second half. I think that's what stopped them uh, offensively. I never really felt like the Ravens were going to win this game. I mean, I know they were about to dive in and take the lead. I don't know. Um, but um, they did not have uh, the sort of, like I said, the offensive – you know, Huntley shocked the stadium by throwing that 40-yard pass, but really that was the only thing. His only pass over 10 yards – airtime the entire game um it never felt like they were in control it felt like the bengals um, were sort of waking to you know waiting for the moment where they they pounced and you know it came in an unlikely time uh but i i thought that the bengals um you know kind of were brought down to the ravens level in this one but still managed to escape i i like i said i just never i mean the ravens with with huntley at quarterback i mean it was sloppy really sloppy at times not with, with his legs the, not with his legs. I mean, he, he, he averaged six yards a carry. He ran for 54 yards, almost as much as J.K. Dobbins did. Right, when those plays broke down because they didn't get what they wanted, he didn't get his first look. So credit to I the thought, Bengals' defense, but there were still big plays they gave up that they're going to look the back offense, at. The Ravens' offense was a, a mess. Not and, saying it was and, the cleanest, um, but... <laughs> you, I think you could see... Their passing game was a mess. Right, which, passing which, game which was a mess. I agree. And, and I mean, like they were so limited into what they could do in the throwing game. I just didn't think that they were going to come through. I mean, I thought the Bengals were even if they had fell behind, I thought they'd come back and take the lead. To be honest, I just didn't think that they, uh, the Ravens, had it in them to win this game with the personnel that they had on the field. Oh, oh, I disagree. Like I thought, um, you know, I thought obviously I predicted the Ravens to win, but they go up. The Bengals go up nine nothing. And then the Ravens really took over with that massive 17 play drive. And up and, you know, it, like I said, it just kind of felt like the more that the game went on, it was being played in the style that the Ravens wanted it to be played in. And right, but they just weren't good enough to get over the hump. They were one right, of four in the red zone. Uh, they couldn't convert on third down. Three of 11 versus the Bengals were seven of 13. It was sort of when you dive deep, I mean, they out, uh, they had more production, but when it came down to it, they just didn't have what it takes sort of get over the hump, and I think that's because of the fact that they had their backup quarter quarterback in. And by the way, J.K. Dobbins agrees with me. Uh, he says they, they, they have Lamar, they sure, and they win sure. The game. I, I, I agree and with I, him I think too. It's an absolute missed opportunity for the Ravens that they didn't have him in the game. But I mean, give a credit to their defense. Uh, I mean, I thought they played really yeah, well. They played, defense, very, yeah. played very fast, but I think they were aiding the fact that um, you know the Bengals are playing with a significant handicap up front. And still managed to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, the, Ra- the Ravens pretty much, you could tell they made it a key to get after Burrow. Because even on the first couple of drives where they did have, um, you know, where they did have Jonah Williams, they were really getting in the face of Burrow. I think he only had like 2.1 seconds to throw per next-gen stats on his first couple That's of drives. That's crazy to me. Uh, it, they were really kind of sending the house after Burrow. They wanted to make him uncomfortable. And I think once Williams went down, he did get more uncomfortable. But again, like, you're looking at the scoreboard, and there's there's 12 minutes left. Ravens have first and goal at the one, or first and goal at the two, or whatever it was I'm thinking right there okay the Ravens have Justin Tucker so you're in range at what the 45 like the you're the Bengals were not playing well offensively and the Ravens I thought had really kind of stepped up their game in the second half like this game was teetering on the brink of kind of being a 
uh, straight up disaster because J.K. Dobbins was the running Bengals, ball really effective. He was. The, the Bengals shot themselves in the foot the first time they played with their short yardage play calling and red zone play calling. Was the script was slipped. I mean, that sequence, I mean, it was a Hall of Fame horrible sequence to how to manage a clock and how to uh, now, are you talking about the, the 17 the, play drives? No. no, no, no. The end of the game. The end the of the game. Oh, sure. But, yeah. that was, but that happened because they had two timeouts. That happened multiple times when they had like second one, third one. They had no idea what to call. They did yep. not go to Dobbins. They all they, they took him out of the field multiple times in those situations. Didn't even have. Yeah, him on the field. I, I don't understand. What and they so, like, they I handed the ball. It's to bizarre. I agree. That is bizarre. They, they had no sort of faith in whatever they were. Whatever their approach was, they had no faith in it, and it, and it led to. Uh, and that all added up to why I felt like the, the Bengals have figured things out offensively. They had an identity. Even without their three stars on the offensive line, this is Joe Burrow's team. They go as he goes. And they were going to find a way. The Ravens felt like they were going to stumble into a victory or, or, or <laughs> that was the only way it was going to happen. And they couldn't because they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. They had the ball at the 45 Three time was it three timeouts or two timeouts? Two timeouts. Two timeouts. Two timeouts and what about two fifty left? Two forty five. Yeah. And they managed to go spend get ten yards in two two and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was bad. Well, that was bad. Well, so they could and that was kind of well that was sort of symptomatic of you know they got a couple you know because like the the t- long touchdown they had was a blown coverage by the Bengals. It wasn't something that you know like Eli Apple made a bad play. It wasn't something necessarily that the Ravens did. So well he did have a bad like, play, but still I, I, I felt like that was kind of. What, how they were going to win the wave. Like, the Bengals just fell over, which they That's did That's what Eli yeah, did. He, he literally well, missed him. But I, I just never felt the game was a doubt. Oh, I, oh, I, I super did. Like, I, I think you could also make the argument that, like, you know, you met, like, obviously the Ravens, they were that end-of-game clock management was terrible. I mean, what happens if they give the ball to J.K. Dobbins at the one-yard line when it's, you know, But that wasn't – they weren't doing that. They had a whole half. The way uh, yeah, I, do I don't that. understand so what like, they were so, – I mean, it was, clear that they, it was clear that their short – whatever their short yardage package was was completely broken. Yep. Um, and it happened repeatedly in the game. Um, right. That's why some of those drives took long. Um, you know, because they were bailed out. The one touchdown, they wouldn't have even scored if it wasn't for Dax Hill and a face mask penalty. So, like, yeah, they, they, they had a third – it was third down. They had failed on third down. They were not going to – I mean, well, I, I don't remember what What's, the yardage was. Because I, well, I thought – well, Dax Hill had a penalty on – were you talking it was about a kickoff return, on the It was the a kickoff return and in the end zone. When he went out, are you no, talking no, about the face mask. He gave him an extra set of downs. Um, yeah, in, in the end right. zone. But I also think that this kind of goes both ways too for the Bengals because the Bengals are really sloppy as well. Like you had uh, – They didn't they, score in their they last got, three they, drives. They got bailed out. You had the, the, the Ravens roughing the kicker penalty. Um, the, and it still didn't yeah, matter. Uh, they had a punt. I think it was the fourth quarter um, where the ball goes out. Like uh, there was a fumble, and the ball goes out of bounds. Um, yeah, Trent it, Taylor it, fumbled yeah, the ball, and it went out it, of bounds. It would have been the, the Bengals would have had the ball. So or, they so would have had, had the ball to thirty. The, the Ravens had a third and five at the six yard line. The pass is incomplete, or no? Huntley sacked for a loss of one. And so they would have had it at the seven if Dax Hill wasn't called for that face back penalty. They would have gone for the field goal. It would have been nine to three. It would have been a completely different game. It just that's why the game. I felt like their short yardage situations and their red zone situations, the offense, whatever. Uh, Huntley's limited availability in practice the last two weeks uh, really seemed to impact them. This, you know the, the uncertainty that they probably had a quarterback. You know, I don't know how true it was where they were. You know, some reports had them they were going to split time. That didn't happen. Um, but maybe that's kind of what contributed it. But it felt like the offense was off. And they were scoring in spite of themselves almost. That, Like I said, they got the face mask. 
They had the blown coverage. Um, and that's why I, I just, you know, the Bengals were clearly the better team. They didn't play like oh, I, know, I, did, I, did. I mean, they're, more, they're the more Look. talented team, but I don't know if they were the better team. Look, I, I think two things can be true. It can be true, like Mike said, that, yeah, the short yard packages were garbage. J.K. Dobbins would agree with me. I think Sam Hubbard would agree because there's a reason why he went as fast as he did. I think it's also true, though, that, like, if you look at the Bengals' last three drives, you look at, no disrespect to Hayden Hurst, I know he made up for it with, uh, well, was, that was not a touchdown. They t- turned it over, but they almost had a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, Almost made up for with the fumble that he had. But the point is, I also think the Bengals' offense looked kind of clunky. Like, look at the second right, half. But they, that's only because of the fact that they were down three off. Well, hang on. The second half they played last week, they didn't score on seven of their last eight drives. And this all in the second half. I'm looking at the chart right well, now. They didn't score on their last what three last drives. Have to do with anything? Because that's what made it so close. If they at least got a field goal or a touchdown on either of those last three drives then you don't have to hold on to dear life for, you know, hoping Huntley doesn't throw a Hail Mary in the end zone with time Which running James out. James almost caught, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think we realized. See, that was almost a touchdown. Like but they had the lead. They had the lead, but I'm saying, like, if you score, the Bengals score on either of those last three drives, then there's less pressure for your defense to stop Huntley from throwing a Hail Mary that, like Andrew said, almost got caught. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't we, understand what your point is. Look, the Bengals had the ball three straight times in the fourth quarter, and they didn't score on either one. I'm saying if they got at least a field goal or a touchdown on either of their last three drives, they put that game away, and you're not holding your breath for dear life on the very last drive. I I don't think you were holding your breath. I think that it... Mm. I mean, when they got down to the 17, there was a holding penalty. I'm saying even if they went down by a touchdown... I still felt like they would have won this game. That's how confident I was, and that the Bengals were the better. Team. You're an overly confident. Well, you're person. very confident. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I, don't, I, like, I mean, when you saw Tyler Huntley, I, I did not see a quarterback capable of outplaying. No, but I saw a running games. game capable. Like I, I like. But they weren't. But they weren't consistent. But if this game gets to overtime, that. though, like Joe Burrow, like the Bengals had not played well offensively in the second half, and and whether or not you want to credit that to the offensive line, Jonah going down, whatever it was, like the Bengals did not play well offensively really from the time that they they took that nine nothing lead through the end of the game and like if even if like even if the the Ravens score there and the Bengals tie it up like or even if or excuse me even if Hubbard scores that touchdown and then the Ravens tie it up like you're probably still dealing with a rock fight to finish this game like yeah. I'm not sure it was going to be clean either way um, but like, you I don't have think one either quarterback team... that's good and one quarterback that's not right but I don't think either team so necessarily... it's like I feel it like as like there's a clear delineation like one you know, I had the two turnovers, and those obviously loomed large. You know, it's right? Like, and so, I just feel like if you were gonna if you were gonna pick somebody in the fourth quarter to come out with the win, it would be no matter what the situation. If they were down, I think you would have taken the Bengals just because you have a clear game winner in Joe Burrow, and I just don't think you could. Sure, well, how could you have confidently said that Tyler Huntley was going to be able to close out the game? Because oh, by the way, he didn't. He fumbled it away. The no, I, I, think, I think a good way to like a good way to sum all this up though is to say that I don't think the Ravens executed their game plan to what they needed to. Because we mentioned, I mentioned Friday, and like we kind of talked about this that like their mar- their path to victory was way smaller than the Bengals just because they can't throw the right, ball like the Bengals dumb can. Penalties. They, they committed Absolutely. the dumb penalties. Their clock management was terrible. They didn't give the ball to their best players. But I think I don't think the Bengals necessarily executed their game plan either because I don't think their offense exactly. was very, very good. But both things can be true. They can stumble and make it and be fine because they were the better team. They are the better team. Okay, on paper they're the better team, but it just didn't materialize to that is what Andrew's trying to say. Right, that. Like I one agree team with left it. with the win. 
One team left with a win, but it wasn't pretty. It's a win is a win, like Joe Burrow says, but it, it wasn't pretty. pretty to be the better team. Sure, like, they're the better team. Like I, I don't, I don't understand what the point of disagreement. Look, I want to ask you this because you you were there. Obviously, Andrew and I went I there. Was but, the, I was there. Yeah. No, I'm saying. <laughs> let me finish my sentence. You, you were at the New England game. You didn't think Mac Jones down twenty two nothing was gonna do what he did. You didn't think they were gonna have a hail mary to Jacoby Myers or whoever cut that touchdown that was tipped like you didn't think that was going to happen the patriots were not the better team on paper but look what happened stuff just happened but (laughs) but what if but if Andre stevenson doesn't fumble then that's a different story and don't forget the Bengals still had to run the clock out and the patriots got the ball back again but again again, you play like it to win the game yes herman Edwards, we know that i didn't say that so but thank you but it's it it worked right like the better team won in new england they stumbled and they made the play at the end against the inferior team, and that what happened, what should have happened, did happen. They they left with the victory. So but you could say that I don't understand how that's a point. And you're like, I mean, they played ugly and they could still win. They could play a bad football game and still win because they're the better team. So we we, we can agree on that. They were an ugly. They played like an ugly team, although on paper they're not an ugly team, and they still won. Just like the Buffalo Bills, who I don't know how they were that close against a third-string quarterback, which is another conversation for another podcast. But here's, I think, one thing we can all agree on is, yeah, that offensive line did not look good. It looked bad in the second half, and it's going to be a problem. This is not like something that's going to go away overnight because if Jonah Williams is not good to go for whatever reason against the Bills, if his injury is more significant than we know it is, then you're riding with Jackson Carmen, Hakeem Adeniji, and Max Sharping. Your only other two starters you have are Ted Karras and Cordell Volson, which, no disrespect to either of those guys. That's but a disaster. That's, that, that's, that that's not much different than when you had Quentin Spain, not good. Trey Hopkins, not good. And then Hakeem Adeniji was at guard. I think he's going to be better at tackle, but he's still not Lyle Collins, still not good. You're almost seeing some shades of what happened last year with that offensive line. Nine sacks against Tennessee, I think four against the Raiders. Funny enough, you get four sacks against the Ravens today, seven in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's going to be that bad because you still have Karras and Volson. And I think Adenogy is better at tackle, although he still had some issues, gave up a sack or two. How concerned? I mean, we're, we're concerned. We're concerned. But how much is this going to haunt them next week when you have Greg Rousseau, Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver, and I, I want to say a pretty good pass rush that they're going to face in Buffalo next week. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be good, um, you know, because we saw the weather looks like, I mean, it's, it's Buffalo, so famous last words, but the early weather report <laughs> looks like it's not going to be terrible, um, which, which is good um, because you're not going to be able to run the ball. Um, they, they, did not, they didn't run the ball well tonight. Um, Joe Mixon, 11 carries, 39 yards, which is three and a half yards a carry. Um, Joe Burrow had a few scrambles. They didn't really rely on P. Ryan a lot. Um, yeah, I think that I think that if you're the Bills, you look at this game, and I'm curious to see what their game plan is going to be. And this is getting ahead of ourselves, but like the offensive line showed you nothing tonight that would give you the confidence that you ha- that you would need or you would want going into next week because. The Ravens blitzed. They couldn't really pick it up. The Ravens rushed with four or five, and they couldn't really pick it up. Like, I'm curious to see what you do. I think you've got to mix up pressures because I think there were times tonight where it looked like Joe Burrow kind of double pumped. I would, you know, I want to go back and watch, but you know, it kind of felt like Joe Burrow needed an extra beat. And when you do that, because you, you know, you could feel pressure coming, that's when you beat the Bengals. So, um, the Bills well, are a much better team than the Ravens. in the middle of the game, and so I think you, you can't necessarily project it, you know, exactly right. what it'll look like. I mean, if the if 
Williams is out, they'll get a week of practice with the specific group. Um, they'll obviously also carry some more linemen next week just in case. But um, so, you know, I, I think it's a huge concern. Obviously, three starters down, but in terms of the game plan, I think you'd think they'd have more parts they're comfortable with calling. Right. Um, having having rep, spent a week repping them because um, Zach talked about that after the game that the hardest part is, um, yeah, you know, Jackson Carmen gets reps, but they're split between both tackle spots. So that specific group doesn't get very much together. So that's I think the challenge. Um, as coaching staff's been good week to week making the adjustments when you've got a player go down, um, being able to. Uh, come up with a game plan that successfully avoids sort of the, the pitfalls or weaknesses that that presents. When you talk about groups, obviously, I know, you know, like you made a good point, and I bring this up because this kind of ties to what I wanted to say. What really hurt the Bengals in that second half last week was that Burrow, and I think the offense as a whole, frankly, didn't have that killer instinct. I think it kind of came back, especially in the first half and uh, going into the second half when they retook the lead, but which was more because of Sam Hubbard, but... Nonetheless, they still put up points coming out of halftime. How much more of a killer instinct do you think you saw from Joe Burrow? And how much better do you think, you know, the wide receivers and Hayden Hurst played together? Because, I mean, Chase had another good game, almost had 100 yards in a tutty. Hayden Hurst, like I said, he made up for that fumble he had. He almost had a touchdown. You didn't get that much out of Higgins and Boyd, but I think they each had a couple third-down conversions. So, I mean, how much better do you think, you know, the wide receiver unit looked as far as being polished? compared to last week against the same defense? I mean, last week, I don't think anybody put much stock into it. It was the Week 18 game where, you know, they had already clinched the AFC North, and I, mean, I don't think there was much carryover uh, between week to week. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and again, I think um, Burrow was under siege for, for really the entire game. They started to get home in the second quarter, um, so it's kind of hard to, to kind of judge because, you know, I, I – you, I think you, you know, I, I made a comment like, you know, I wonder if they're going to try a, um, you know, I wonder if they're going to try a deep ball here at, at some point. And Mike kind of quipped like, who's going to block? Like something to yeah, that. Yeah, you didn't have time to throw it downfield. Like, you, you don't have time to throw a deep ball, so like it, it's kind of hard to to get um, to get a read on that. Um, yeah. And you know, I think defensively, like we said, there's plays you want to take back, like Eli Apple missing on Demarcus Robinson, and I think the big thing aside from you know, since Akeem Davis-Gaither made that interception, you know, jumping in front of Mark Andrews, I mean, since that play, he pretty much owned them. Like, I know Huntley was not a good thrower. Uh, he was horrible, but when he threw, he actually did pretty well to Mark Andrews. We talked about this on the podcast this week. That was something they had to look out for, and I don't think they did the best job because Andrews was part of the reason why it almost came down to that last drive with the Hail Mary. You know, I know Dawson Knox without getting ahead of ourselves, isn't up to the level. Bill's tight end isn't up to the level of Mark Andrews. But I think when you look at the way he played and just the breakdowns and coverages, I mean, how concerned are you? Like, you know, I, you got, got Stefan Diggs, I, I you viewed, got I, Dawson Knox, I, you got Gabe Davis. I'm a little worried about that. I, viewed, I did not think Tyler Huntley owned them. I mean, Andrews had five catches for 73 yards. He was not bad. Was targeted ten times. They defended him pretty well. Uh, they had an interception when he was targeted. Jermaine Pratt almost had a second interception when they were, went after him. I mean, I you know I thought they did a pretty good job. Bottom yeah, I, I will. Game. I mean, I will I, say I, I don't. I, I didn't think see if, it like that. I think if they play, if they play this game next week, the Bengals they'll lose. Uh, I don't. I don't think that, I, they need to be sharper. I, that's like, what I'm trying to, to you say. You need to eliminate. You need to eliminate um, some of the mistakes that you made, mental and otherwise, um, because the Bills are a much better team. Um, the, the offensive line, again, 
uh, we talked about this coming coming into the game. Like the offensive line, the right side of the offensive line was a major concern. Now it's the entire thing. Now it's the entire operation is a concern because you got both tackles out, your right guard is out. What does that mean for what Cordell and what Ted's responsibilities are going to be? Um, that's going to be something that we dig into over the week. But, Absolutely. Uh, the, I mean, the offensive line, the uh, the entire offensive line is now a concern. Um, I think they got out of the game pretty healthy defensively. Um, they yeah, did. I mean, yeah, no was, injuries. This was a uh, Eli Apple got banged up a little bit, but again, this is a um, this was a game that whether or not like whether or not you're on Mike's side, where it's you know really he didn't think it was ever in doubt, or whether or not you thought it was very much in doubt. Like this was a losable game, um, and if you, I think if you play this week next or if you play this way next week in Buffalo, uh, your season's gonna end. I think to kind of put a ball on us before we get to the game balls is, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, Sam Hubbard, I don't think people, on some people may not understand, like, what he did was a big deal because he's a Cincinnati kid. He went to Muller they High. They might not understand his 98-yard fumble return. He went to, listen, was a he's big a, deal. He's a Cincinnati kid. He went to Muller High School just up the interstate, I-75. He grew up here his whole life. Okay, I'm not trying to challenge people's intelligence here, Mike. What I'm trying to say is, I think we'll be looking back at this 20 years from now and saying, wow, like that may have been one of the greatest plays in Bengals history. Not just greatest fumble return for a touchdown. Like that may have been one of the greatest plays. And we're going to have more on this, obviously. But I know you guys haven't followed the Bengals extensively. But like that play that you saw, like how does that compare to some other just big turning point moments you've seen in like big games like this from other players. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Of, I mean, like, it's a big game moment, but if they lose next week, I think it is overshadowed. I mean, it just it doesn't And what if matter. they don't? But I'm saying, like, what if the Bengals either make it to the Super Bowl or they win it? I mean, it's a little it? bit like Dave Roberts stealing second against the Yankees. Yeah. And, and then they lose. Like, it, still, like, but like, we still to, remember like, Mike it. Mike is right. Like, it, it's a cool moment, but it loses some some lust if you uh, – some lust. If it doesn't materialize game. into, like, something bigger, like um, the AFC But, I mean, like, I, I, mean I asked some of the guys that, like, have you ever – some of them have, some of them are like, yeah, you know, I've played – like, I asked – stupidly asked Ted Karras that question. <laughs> he was like, well, yeah, Super Bowl 51. Um, but, uh, like, Joseph Osai was like, I have never seen anything like that ever in my Super Bowl 51, life. that was Falcons, um, that, was, that was the 23. Yeah. Um, so like there have you know there have been players that have seen that, but there are a lot of players in that locker room that were like, I have never seen a momentum swing like that ever in my football career. So um, that was nuts. Um, that, that's a season-saving that play. Yeah. But as far I, as where it ranks, I mean, it all depends on what happens. You know, right. Like, sure. They win the Super Bowl. That play. That play. Oh yeah. I mean, next week. If they win the whole thirty-four twenty next week. I think people look at it a little differently than they do right now. But again, sure. uh, Zach Taylor is at the uh, line pig uh, with a game ball, and the crowd's going nuts. So uh, he did he's say, having a better time than we are because he's presumably drinking. So he he did say he was going to go to the bars after, and uh, he was not lying. He was he was honest. He he was, he brought up the Santa Claus like he did uh, last year when they won against the Raiders, but. Yeah, I mean, nothing like, like to just kind of put a bow on that. There's not enough you could say about Sam Hubbard. He's one of the core players who's been here before Zach Taylor even got here. He's one of the centerpieces of this team, not just the defense. How fitting is it for him to do that? Unbelievable. Game balls to wrap up a long, crazy night. Who's your game ball, Andrew? Um, well, I mean, the obvious one's Hubbard, so I'll go a different one. Um, Jesse Bates. Sure, there uh, you go. He made a really, really nice play. Um, you know, because I think when when Huntley broke free there, it's pretty easy to look at and say, okay, well, you know, he's going to score. Uh, didn't really have to 
didn't really have to hustle and just kind of you could have accepted it for what it was. Um, but he knocks uh, knocks Huntley out at the at the one or the two. Um, then again, this kind of gets back into the Ravens uh, goal line situation because their next play was a pass to the fullback, uh, which I didn't understand. But again, like where uh, what hap- What does this game look like? What happens if, if Jesse Bates doesn't haul ass and, and knock Tyler Huntley <laughs> out of the two out of the two yard line? So. Um, Jesse, ba- like again, I think the, the the Hubbard play is going to be the one that everybody remembers, rightfully so. But there were a lot of other side characters to that story that made a really, really big difference on how that game ended. They're called supporting characters. Supporting, supporting cast. actors. Supporting characters. cast. Supporting characters is fine. Uh, I'll just go Sam Hubbard because then I could be done. There That's you go. Fair. I'm going to say Logan Wilson. And I didn't realize that was an important play until you pointed it out, so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm glad, glad I could help. I'm, I'm going to say, and speaking of supporting cast, Logan Wilson gets my game ball because, like Sam Hubbard said, that's one of the smartest players he knows. He's got a high football IQ and a high motor to go with that. He's also been on the other side of that. He's made game-winning plays like that, like he had against the Titans in the playoffs. I'd imagine we're going to see a lot more of Logan Wilson, especially with the game plan they'll have against Buffalo next week, which... We'll get more into, but yeah, Logan Wilson, Sam Hubbard, Jesse Bates, game balls all on defense. Thank you all for tuning into this special playoff post-game edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Follow along with us later this week. We're going to talk everything about the Bills versus Bengals, divisional matchup, all the storylines and the emotion going into that game and much, much more. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike Nizek, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Have a good night. We'll see you later this week.